Alright, this is Tales from the Inn, Episode 1. Not too long ago, a young adventurer received a message from the town of Alchemist Quarry. You see, they depended greatly on the nearby forest for water, food, and wood. In fact, it was quite common for adults and children alike to spend most of their days among those trees. To them, the forest meant life. Until a great darkness fell upon this forest, and strange things began to take place. The plants and animals began to die. The food became scarce. The forest was quiet and lifeless. Worst of all, there were disappearances. People who entered the forest and never returned. The villagers were frightened. They depended on the forest for survival. And if the forest became cursed, then surely they were cursed as well. The situation became more and more desperate. They decided to call for aid. Now, maybe you've heard of a young adventurer who has begun to make quite a name for themselves. The town of Alchemist Quarry knew this hero was staying at an inn in a nearby town, and sent a messenger. They offered a great reward to this hero should they discover what was plaguing their forest and destroy it. The hero, being kind-hearted, of course agreed to help in any way they could, and rode back with a messenger to Alchemist Quarry. Upon reaching the town, they began to question the townspeople about the supposed curse. They learned it had begun just two weeks ago. But there had been eight disappearances. The forest was no longer safe to enter alone, and even then it was dangerous. They decided to enter the forest with a guide from the town, a young man named Jeff, who was not afraid of curses. Together, the two entered the forest, moving slowly so as not to miss anything. The first thing the hero noticed was the silence. No birds sang. No animals rustled the leaves. The air was still and smelled of rot. As they moved deeper into the forest, the trees became thicker and covered in vines. The forest felt wrong, as if the shadows were moving and whispering. Jeff lit his torch as the darkness grew deeper and thickened around them. The sun was beginning to set. The hero drew their sword as they felt the forest come to life around them. A group of vines shot out from the nearest tree, catching Jeff around the legs and pulling him towards the mouth that had appeared in the trunk. The hero raced over and slashed the vines before they could drag him any further, but within seconds, more vines took their places, sliding along the forest floor towards our hero. The hero was not afraid and rushed to meet his enemy, slashing and cutting away vines as they made their way towards the source of the attack. A vine slammed them backward into a tree, then got a hold of their arm, swiftly dragging them across the ground. Jeff threw his torch at the vines, which drew away from the hero as the flames caught them. The flames were quickly extinguished, but the hero had freed themselves. They charged forward. With a yell, they drove their sword into the monster that had taken hold of the tree. A vine terror. With a screech, the vines dropped their attack, writhing before becoming still. The vine terror began to shrivel. Its reign of terror ended. The hero and Jeff cleared away the remainder of the vines, and then began the hike back to the town. When they arrived, the hero met with the baron and informed him that the curse was not even a curse, but a vine terror, and would cause them trouble no more. The people were very grateful, and our hero collected their reward, 50 gold pieces, and a small feast. Satisfied, our brave hero left the town in the morning, already searching for their next adventure. 
As they moved deeper into the forest, the trees became thicker and covered in vines. The forest felt wrong, as if the shadows were moving and whispering. Jeff lit his torch as the darkness grew deeper and thickened around them. The sun was beginning to set. The hero drew their sword as they felt the forest come to life around them. A group of vines shot out from the nearest tree, catching Jeff around the legs and pulling him towards the mouth that had appeared in the trunk. The hero raced over and slashed the vines before they could drag him any further, but within seconds, more vines took their places, sliding along the forest floor towards our hero. The hero was not afraid and rushed to meet his enemy, slashing and cutting away vines as they made their way towards the source of the attack. A vine slammed them backward into a tree, then got a hold of their arm, swiftly dragging them across the ground. Jeff threw his torch at the vines, which drew away from the hero as the flames caught them. The flames were quickly extinguished, but the hero had freed themselves. They charged forward. With a yell, they drove their sword into the monster that had taken hold of the tree. A vine terror. With a screech, the vines dropped their attack, writhing before becoming still. The vine terror began to shrivel. Its reign of terror ended. The hero and Jeff cleared away the remainder of the vines, and then began the hike back to the town. When they arrived, the hero met with the baron and informed him that the curse was not even a curse, but a vine terror, and would cause them trouble no more. The people were very grateful, and our hero collected their reward, 50 gold pieces, and a small feast. Satisfied, our brave hero left the town in the morning, already searching for their next adventure. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Inn. If you want your advertisement to be played here, contact us at ms.mine2021 at gmail.com. That's ms.mine2021 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Tales from the Inn, Episode 2 The capital of the neighboring country received a message from one of their spies saying that the mysterious hero had completed another successful quest, this time from the forest of Alchemist Quarry. They sent some messengers to the tavern that they're seen at the most, with the mission to ask around for more information about this hero, and if possible, capturing them. One said they would always wear a mask, as he has never seen their face. Another says that would be wrong and that he had seen it and can't remember what they looked like. A third one tells that the hero had saved his life beforehand multiple times. The barkeeper tells the undercover messenger that he is asking too many questions and should order first before asking any more. The messenger refuses and gets kicked out. As he's about to stand up from the dirty road he landed on, a friendly person with tall black boots, a white cape, and white clothes offers their help. As the man sent from the neighboring lands looks up to see their face, they don't see anything. Just a dark smoke where their face should be. The hero helps the messenger up and asks him what he wanted from them. The man says that they should follow him to an alleyway where they can talk without being disturbed. The hero hesitantly agrees, and they step into a surprisingly lit alleyway. 
the messenger casts a spell, and the road that they were standing on disappears. The hero looks around, confused, and the messenger guesses that he can't really see their face. He asks where they are, where they're going. The messenger says that they are teleporting to the neighboring kingdom. Just as the messenger told the young hero about his plan, the hero saw something at the end of the tunnel. And as they near their destination, the messenger tries to put handcuffs on his guest. As the heroes saw the handcuffs, he broke free and started fleeing. They ran out of the alleyway where they were in onto the main street. As far as they could see, there was nobody there. The hero remembers they've been here before, on a quest to get back something stolen from the quest giver. They ran to the left and saw the tavern, the sign saying, The Duck's Inn. They entered just before a small fireball flew down from the street in the direction the hero came from. The tavern also appears to be as good as empty, aside from the waitress in the corner. They went to the bar and ordered two beers, sat down at the table as the black-clothed person entered. As the waitress searched through the room, she saw what fit the description the hero gave her. She started marching toward the table. As she was about to say something, two beers slid down the counter that she was standing in front of. The person she was searching for seemed to be friendly as they pointed to the glass, told her to take a drink before arresting them. They went to the bar and ordered two beers, sat down at the table as the black-clothed person entered. As the waitress searched through the room, she saw what fit the description the hero gave her. She started marching toward the table. As she was about to say something, two beers slid down the counter that she was standing in front of. The person she was searching for seemed to be friendly as they pointed to the glass, told her to take a drink before arresting them. As the heroes saw the handcuffs, he broke free and started fleeing. They ran out of the alleyway where they were in onto the main street. As far as they could see, there was nobody there. The hero remembers they've been here before, on a quest to get back something stolen from the quest giver. They ran to the left and saw the tavern, the sign saying, The Duck's Inn. They entered just before a small fireball flew down from the street in the direction the hero came from. The tavern also appears to be as good as empty, aside from the waitress in the corner.
Tales from the Inn, Episode 2 The capital of the neighboring country received a message from one of their spies saying that the mysterious hero had completed another successful quest, this time from the forest of Alchemist Quarry. They sent some messengers to the tavern that they're seen at the most, with the mission to ask around for more information about this hero, and if possible, capturing them. One said they would always wear a mask, as he has never seen their face. Another says that would be wrong, and that he had seen it and can't remember what they looked like. A third one tells that the hero had saved his life beforehand, multiple times. The barkeeper tells the undercover messenger that he is asking too many questions and should order first before asking any more. The messenger refuses and gets kicked out. As he's about to stand up from the dirty road he landed on, a friendly person with tall black boots, a white cape, and white clothes offers their help. As the man sent from the neighboring lands looks up to see their face, they don't see anything. Just a dark smoke where their face should be. The hero helps the messenger up and asks him what he wanted from them. The man says that they should follow him to an alleyway where they could talk without being disturbed. The hero hesitantly agrees, and they step into a surprisingly lit alleyway. The messenger casts a spell, and the road that they were standing on disappears. The hero looks around, confused, and the messenger guesses that he can't really see their face. He asks where they are, where they're going. The messenger says that they are teleporting to the neighboring kingdom. Just as the messenger told the young hero about his plan, the hero saw something at the end of the tunnel. And as they near their destination, the messenger tries to put handcuffs on his guest. Tales from the Inn, Episode 2 The capital of the neighboring country received a message from one of their spies saying that the mysterious hero had completed another successful quest, this time from the forest of Alchemist Quarry. They sent some messengers to the tavern that they're seen at the most, with the mission to ask around for more information about this hero, and if possible, capturing them. One said they would always wear a mask, as he has never seen their face. Another says that would be wrong, and that he had seen it and can't remember what they looked like. A third one tells that the hero had saved his life beforehand, multiple times. The barkeeper tells the undercover messenger that he is asking too many questions and should order first before asking any more. The messenger refuses and gets kicked out. As he's about to stand up from the dirty road he landed on, a friendly person with tall black boots, a white cape, and white clothes offers their help. As the man sent from the neighboring lands looks up to see their face, they don't see anything. Just a dark smoke where their face should be. The hero helps the messenger up and asks him what he wanted from them. The man says that they should follow him to an alleyway where they could talk without being disturbed. The hero hesitantly agrees, and they step into a surprisingly lit alleyway. The messenger casts a spell, and the road that they were standing on disappears. The hero looks around, confused, and the messenger guesses that he can't really see their face. He asks where they are, where they're going. 
The messenger says that they are teleporting to the neighboring kingdom. Just as the messenger told the young hero about his plan, the hero saw something at the end of the tunnel. And as they near their destination, the messenger tries to put handcuffs on his guest. As the heroes saw the handcuffs, he broke free and started fleeing. They ran out of the alleyway where they were in onto the main street. As far as they could see, there was nobody there. The hero remembers they've been here before, on a quest to get back something stolen from the quest giver. They ran to the left and saw the tavern, the sign saying, The Duck's Inn. They entered just before a small fireball flew down from the street in the direction the hero came from. The tavern also appears to be as good as empty, aside from the waitress in the corner. went to the bar and ordered two beers, sat down at the table as the black-clothed person entered. As the waitress searched through the room, she saw what fit the description the hero gave her. She started marching toward the table. As she was about to say something, two beers slid down the counter that she was standing in front of. The person she was searching for seemed to be friendly as they pointed to the glass, told her to take a drink before arresting them. and the soldier sat down and drank the drinks. The soldier made very clear that she is going to arrest him in the name of the kingdom of Heimsburg. The hero does not refuse, and so, after the drink is drank out, they get captured and brought to a prison cell inside of the castle. The soldier leaves them alone, and after what appears to be many hours, the messenger comes around and reads the hero their right and forward. They have been captured. The kingdom of Heimsburg captured them for all the adventures they have done and for running away from a royal subordinate. The messenger leaves again and the hero tries to fall asleep as it's getting dark outside. Short before they would have fallen asleep, a loud explosion is hearable and the screams that follow sound inhumane. Many guards run in the hallway in front of the cell to the sound of the scream. As the scream ends, the room began to glow in a white, shimmery light. The hero becomes unconscious. As they wake up, they are in an all-white void, full of nothing but themselves, a bed, a chair, and a small table. The hero tries to scream, but nothing is hearable. It appears that the void does not transmit sound waves. Everything is silent. No birds chirping, no sounds in the background to be continued. Everything 
is silent. No birds chirping, no sounds in the background. To be continued. And the screams that follow sound unhumane. Many guards run in the hallway in front of the cell to the sound of the scream. As the scream ends, the room began to glow in a white, shimmery light. The hero becomes unconscious. As they wake up, they are in an all-white world, full of nothing but themselves, a bed, a chair, and a small table. The hero tries to scream, but nothing is hearable. It appears that the void does not transmit sound waves. Kingdom of Heimsburst captured them for all the adventures they have done and for running away from a royal subordinate. The messenger leaves again and the hero tries to fall asleep as it's getting dark outside. Short before they would have fallen asleep, a loud explosion is hearable. The soldier leaves them alone and after what appears to be many hours the messenger comes around and reads the hero their right and for what they have been captured. The adventurer and the soldier sat down and drank the drinks. The soldier made very clear that she is going to arrest them in the name of the kingdom of Heimsburst. The hero does not refuse and so, after the drink is drank out, they get captured and brought to a prison cell inside of the castle. them alone and after what appears to be many hours the messenger comes around and reads the hero their right and forward they have been captured the adventurer and the soldier sat down and drank the drinks the soldier made very clear that she is going to arrest them in the name of the kingdom of Heimsburg hero does not refuse and so after the drink is drank out they get captured and brought to a prison cell inside of the castle the kingdom of Heimsburst captured them for all the adventures they have done and for running away from a royal subordinate the messenger leaves again and the hero tries to fall asleep as it's getting dark outside. Short before they would have fallen asleep, a loud explosion is hearable. The screams that follow sound unhumane. Many guards run in the hallway in front of the cell to the sound of the scream. As the scream ends, the room began to glow in a white, shimmery light. The hero becomes unconscious. As they wake up, they are in an all-white world, full of nothing but themselves. A bed, a chair, and a small table. The hero tries to scream, but 
hearable. It appears that the void does not transmit sound waves. Make sure to check out our social media channels linked in the podcast description. Thank you. After what feels like an eternity, I hear or hear footsteps from afar, which appear to come nearer. They look in the direction they suspect the steps to come from. The steps come of a small, baby-looking, Cthulhu-like creature. Cthulhu stopped and looked at the hero. They heard a voice in their head, saying that it saved them from prison because it needs our hero's help. The hero thanks the creature of the sea and agrees to help it. Cthulhu explains that his village was under attack by a big kraken, and some weren't able to escape in time. After a few days, the missing sent a message symbolizing that they are still alive, but have been eaten by the kraken. Then, it tells him that it searched for them the past few days since the signal and found out they are in prison, unrightfully so. So it decided to help itself and set them free. It apologized for the void quarantine and explained it's just like a transport capsule to the evacuation location. Cthulhu disappeared again and the void started to fade. The hero felt terrible as water began to fill their lungs but afterwards, they were miraculously able to breathe. After the void disappeared completely, they stood in the village out of tents built underwater. The village was filled with hundreds of small baby-looking Cthulhu-like creatures. One took the hero's hand and pulled him into one of the tents. Inside, they found a table with a map and presented them with the following plan. Go to the village, find out where the Kraken would have gone to, come back, gather a team, go to the Kraken, kill it with their magic power, free the missing. The hero agreed to the plan and said they would start their journey to the village in the morning. Everyone at the table agreed. One Cthulhu took the hero out of the tent into another where they found a bed. It said, this is their accommodation for the night. The hero went to sleep. The hero wakes with a strange feeling in their chest. 
like they know the plane is going south. After a small breakfast, they find themselves again in the transport void. Together with five Cthulhus, as the void disappears, the strange feeling follows. After everyone was grouped, they voided to the village and began marching south. As it was still early in the day, they had about seven hours before sundown to complete the mission. The army marched for an eternity without finding anything, so they decided to take a short break to not lose too much strength before battle. The hero used a detection skill again, only to find the crack in beneath them underground. After informing the commander, it opened a void portal and went through, only for the portal to close behind it. A few minutes later, the Cthulhu commander got back to the army and told everyone that the Kraken sleeps in the giant cave, and was able to form contact with their Eaton brethren to get a status update. It appears that three of the seventeen captured have died. A group of five were ordered to search the cave entrance, while group eight, nine, and ten were activating the anchors for the magic barrier. After the installation was complete, the five haven't returned yet and the day was beginning to come to an end. Maybe that's what the feeling from the morning was about. They constructed a huge tent in the short time to fit in all 46 Cthulhus and the hero, plus the searching party. Hours passed by without any contact to the searching party. The hero and commander decided to call it official rest until the next day. After a small dinner together, seven were chosen to guard the tent and shifts. Everyone else went to sleep. A scream wakes the hero up, who immediately went out of the tent to investigate. They saw pure horror. Five Cthulhu corpses were bound together with a note. One Cthulhu picks it up, while the others run to help the unconscious one laying to their side. The Cthulhu with the note states that these five were found in a territory they don't belong in, and their death should pass as a warning. The commander takes the note from the soldier and reads it again. But who could have killed them? The Kraken was still asleep. So who could have possibly killed them? The question ran through everyone's head until they decided to sleep again and begin searching in the morning. When they woke up, they took the tent down, packed everything away, and left in search for the cave entry or the killer in the search party. Only group 8, 9, and 10 remained to guard the barrier anchors. After what felt like a three hour march, they reached a cave entry. The army went inside only to be greeted by two hallways. After a short discussion, they decided to take the left one, which quickly turned out to be the wrong decision as it ended in a wall. After walking back to the split, they took the right one. As this pathway began to lose light, they lit light magic and went on. Every few minutes, the hero activated their skill to see if they'd get nearer to the Kraken. After another eternity, they reached a widespread cave with the sleeping Kraken inside. The commander and the hero began silently positioned the front for a surprise attack. The hero started casting void balls to fire at the Kraken as soon as the commander gave the signal. After a silent minute, a whistle sounds out. The battle begins. Hero shoots their void balls onto the Kraken while the Cthulhus with bows shoot their arrows. The Kraken awakes in pain and lets out a monstrous scream that shakes the whole cave, resulting in a stone falling down and hitting one of Cthulhus with a second front unconscious. Before the Kraken could attack, the Hero and the Cthulhus shot again, causing the Kraken to bleed. 
seeing that the hero started using blood magic curses. After trying multiple times, it seemed to be slowly working. Kraken lets out another scream and tries to hit the army with its tentacles, but because of the pain and the curse, it is so slow that everyone can evade being hit. The hero then proceeds to use water slice magic cutting the tentacle off. It was successful. Kraken screamed another time, this time again in a cave shaking volume. No one was hit by rocks this time, but the Kraken was under constant attack by arrows. The hero yelled that the swordsmen could now enter, and so they did. Twenty Cthulhu's pushed forward with long swords trying to attack the still tired and pained water monster. After not being able to hit back at the hero, he had a soft moment and decided to let the army stop for a minute so that the Kraken could wake up and maybe fight back with better forces. It seemed that the Kraken was already damaged enough to fight back strongly, so the hero shot another water slice magic, cutting the head clean off. Kraken has died. As soon as the cut happened, almost all the Cthulhu sprinted forward to the Kraken to see if their Eaton brethren could be rescued. After indeed being able to do so, 13 of the 17 Eaton survived and got outside of the Kraken. The commander opened a void portal, this time bigger. Everyone went inside. The hero asked themselves why they didn't use it to enter the cave. After being back at the tent village, they were greeted with big joy in everyone's eyes. The hero was led to the planning tent to keep the town head posted on exactly what happened on their trip. After the hero got out, they went to their tent and the hero heard a creepy voice. It is time. The hero didn't understand what that meant and answered with what. The hero wondered and asked what situation. The hero thought to themselves that this was weird and went on to their tent to lay down and sleep a little after the battle. The next day, the hero was asked to hold a short speech at the town meeting. They went on to the stage right after the memorial speech was held for the ones that were lost, so the mood wasn't the best. The hero delivered the best speech the Cthulhu's have ever heard. Everyone's claps as the hero leaves the stage. Halfway down, a magic missile shoots right through the hero's heart, killing them.